Welcome to the Naked Truth Podcast, where we choose to live as our truest selves over picture-perfect lives. No filters, no effects, just just us. Seeking Eden is a nonprofit organization committed to creating biblical resources designed to help people get unstuck so that they can confidently and consistently move forward with God. One resource of Seeking Eden is this podcast, The Naked Truth, dedicated to getting real about common topics that make us feel stuck. While our resources are available to anyone, through your generous donations, we are able to make the studies available to those who live in rural and low-income areas. To learn more about our work, locally and globally, visit us at SeekingEden.org. Hey, welcome back to the Naked Truth Podcast. I'm Michelle Torbor. And I'm Mary Beth Poor. And we are excited to be back today. Uh, last last podcast, we talked about he said, she said, I heard. And so I've been doing a little work around that. You want to tell me about your experience um, after the podcast with that? Yes. If you haven't listened to it yet, the heart behind that podcast was how easy it is to misinterpret or misunderstand or jump to conclusions and conversations on both sides, whether it's we're hearing someone say something completely different than what they mean it, or they hear us completely different from what we mean it. And after we talked about that, it was already something obviously that was on our brain, which led us to talk about it. But for the next couple of weeks, I felt like our conversation gave me a little bit more grace and intentionality in conversations with people. So I really tried to listen harder with what they were saying. If I had a moment around it, I checked in or I just did self-talk around what am I hearing? Is that true what I'm hearing? And what do I do with it? So I, I felt like it it made a difference in my thinking and my reactions to people. Yeah, good. Well, it's certainly an area that takes intentionality. So um, I'm so glad. Today, we're going to switch gears a little bit and talk about boundaries. Mm. Um, And boundaries is a big topic. Like there is so much to be known about boundaries, what it is, what it isn't. Um, And so we're not going to have any definitive answers, you know, about the whole of boundaries. But we do want to kind of throw it out there, kind of work through some thoughts that we're having become more aware of what ours are and are not um, and just kind of see where it goes. What you think? I love it. And if you're out there and boundaries is an issue that either you're not super familiar with, or when we even say that word, you think, Oh man, I've got issues. Listen, this is a, this is a challenging area. And as a resource for our conversation, Michelle and I are using components of, of things from a book called boundaries by Dr. Henry cloud and Dr. John Townsend, which is truly one of the best books out there. They have a book and they have a workbook. And so some of our conversation is going to stem some from some things that we have read in that book. It's a good one. I read it for the first time when I was about 20, 19 or 20, and it really changed my life. It is a life-changing book, and I have seen people find a lot of freedom as they read it, realize some things that they had bought into that were not true, Mm -hmm. and then take some steps to set up some good parameters in their life, and they have found freedom. Yeah. Cool. Well, we will be back in a moment to talk more about boundaries. As we're talking about boundaries, we are titling this episode, Stay in Your Lane, But we want to make sure to flesh out what that means. And so the first part of boundaries is what is a boundary? What is the definition of a boundary? And again, we're using that boundaries book to lay some groundwork. Yeah. So they define it in the book, not necessarily define it, but they talk about it this way. Boundaries 
um, I'm sorry, any confusion of responsibility and ownership in our lives is a problem of boundaries. And boundaries help us distinguish what is our responsibility and what isn't. And I will tell you that there have been so many times in my life, and even as we were talking about this earlier before we started taping, that part of me would go like, what in the world does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> huh? no, that's fair. You know, like, <laughs> okay, how do I know where I have responsibility and ownership? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's probably obvious, but I would say, depending on the type of family that you grew up in or the type of friendships that you've had, that those things might've gotten so mixed in together. It's like, where does one end and one begin? Yeah. Well, I think that's a good point. Um, because of the family that I grew up in and the experiences that I have had in relationships. Um, and like I said, after reading, I had very, in the book, they, they call it like permeable boundaries and strong boundaries. So part of it has to allow things to come in and out so that you can be in relationship with people, like some kind of flexibility, Mm -hmm. right? But your boundaries also need some strength so that, uh, you don't, we can keep bad things out and, and good things in, right? So it's like creating this balance of flexibility, but also like being rigid to a certain point, um, where you can protect yourself. Yeah. Right. So because of my own experiences, I think I lean more to rigid boundaries. It wasn't always that way. Um, I think I did have very permeable, flexible boundaries and came to realize about the age of 20, this doesn't really work very well. And I actually have a right to do it differently. Can you give an example of that? So, so people can understand exactly what you mean. Yeah. You mean like, like when you say your boundaries were permeable and mm-hmm. now that you realize the importance of them being rigid, can you speak to a specific one in an area and where it was causing problems when it was more permeable? And then what made you make it more, Hey, this is a, this is a firm boundary for me and I'm not going to compromise. Yeah. I think friendship is one that I had to pay really close attention to. Um, so before permeable, boundaries were that I would let people do anything and say anything. And I would just kind of take it, take it, take it. Right. Okay. Don't worry about me. Like I can handle whatever you're going through. Like, I just need to be nice. I need to say yes. I need to, because that's what loving people is like. Well, then I realized that that's really not what loving people looks like. I don't have to say yes all the time. I can actually say no sometimes, um, and protect myself when I need to. So, you know, I I made a switch to like pay attention to, to, what other people need, but also what I need. And so so I can say no and know that that doesn't make me a bad person. Now, the problem is sometimes I swing too far to rigid and I'm like, no, that's not fair. not going to do it. Don't want to hear anything about it. So I have to kind of loosen up on those sometimes. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And I think that is an area that so many people struggle is, and I know this is one issue that I have had most of my life is that you feel like if you do say no or draw a boundary that 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 is mean or that mm-hmm. is unloving and there would be times where that was spoken and I've even felt that way about someone who drew a line you yeah. know and I would think oh, that's so harsh when in reality they were trying to protect that space and it was necessary for them they made a choice and then I had a choice around how I was going to respond yeah to that but what you just said makes makes perfect sense so being compliant is not always healthy. (laughs) And I think like as Christians, sometimes the message of loving others kind of gets confused with like 
we always have to be compliant. Yes. And we will talk more about that when we come back. One thing that you just said that happens a lot, especially in Christian circles, is that if we choose to say no, or we choose to set limits, or we choose to be assertive, or we choose to open our mouth and and say something about something instead of keeping it shut, that that can be deemed wrong or merciless or whatever it is. And there's a question in the boundaries book that says, can I set limits and still be a loving person? And the answer is yes. Absolutely. Yes. And Jesus is a perfect example of that, literally. And I mean, Jesus drew boundaries in scripture. We see him physically draw boundaries where there were times that people were following him and wanting him to heal them or someone they knew. And he withdrew and went and spent time alone with God. Or there were times that he verbally drew a boundary in a situation. And and sometimes when you read it, because we live in a somewhat unhealthy culture, it can seem harsh in a culture that doesn't really understand or promote boundaries. And so Jesus set boundaries. And so when we draw them and when we learn what they are and we use them in our lives, it is very biblical, very healthy. Yeah. And at the heart of it, I think when we're feeling slighted by someone and their boundaries, it's because we want our need to be met. Um, But the reality is we just don't get to choose for other people. Mm -hmm. Like we got to stay in our own lane. Like, there is trouble when you get out of your lane. Exactly. And if we, when we draw boundaries around something, if we don't communicate it with someone or they don't communicate it with us, then we can easily become resentful because we feel something coming at us, but there's no dialogue about it. And so it can get confusing about what's going on if we don't try to communicate these things that we are determining in our lives. Yeah. Well, that's the beautiful thing. Like you can set limits and be a loving person and you can communicate to people what those limits are. Not only can, like it is the healthy thing to do to communicate to people what your limits are so that the resentment isn't growing and nobody's talking about it. Exactly. You can give a a person the choice to respect your boundaries or not, but if they don't know what your boundaries are, then sometimes that creates a little, it can get a little sticky. That's right. So we're going to look at a few situations, um, some examples to see how do we figure out where our responsibility um, begins and ends? Like, what is our responsibility? What isn't our responsibility? And so the first one is, what if you don't agree with a friend's choice? Let's say you have a friend who's hanging out with a person who um, has proved to be, um, I don't know, maybe a troubled person who gets your friend in trouble or something like that. Like if you don't agree with that, how do you figure out how to handle that? What is your responsibility and what isn't? And this is really difficult. So what would you say to that? So I would say what isn't your responsibility is you don't get to tell your friend who to hang out with. You simply don't get to make that decision for her or him. Um, I would say that your responsibility is if you care about your friend and this is a deep concern, then your responsibility is to communicate your concern in a loving way. But I would say that's probably where it begins and ends. Mm -hmm. You can have thoughts, feelings, you can communicate it, but past that, it's not your responsibility to tell people what to do. Absolutely. I have experienced this exact thing where I had a friendship in my life. Another friend expressed concern over it, but they left it in my court and their, their willingness to be honest with me made me think and allowed me to make a wise choice in regards to that friendship. 
Good. Cause that's not, people don't always do that. Some people communicate, but they don't always leave it in your court. Yeah. And they did. That's the thing. They communicated it, but they left it in my court. Okay. So what about this? What if a friend, uh, you don't feel like that friend is being a good friend to you. So what if you feel like you're calling all the time, you're setting up things for you to do all the time, but the other friend doesn't really do that. And sometimes they don't always, um, agree to go out with you when you want to. I think this is where dialogue comes in. But in a friendship, certain people are going to have certain expectations and maybe even, I wouldn't say needs, but that there's going to be expectations. So I think that in a friendship, there has got to be communication between, between people. You and I are not phone talkers, for example. Right. And so, but for someone who's like, I need that friend to call me once a week and check in. If, the person you're friends with is not that way, but that's your expectation and you don't communicate it and you just, you stay resentful over that. It's going to be a problem. But if you tell them that that's what you need, they don't necessarily have to do that. Right. It's a choice for you to tell them and it's a choice for them to respond. And then you get to make a decision whether or not that friendship is the relationship that you need to stay in. Yeah. So your responsibility is to communicate to that friend what your needs are. Your responsibility is to choose what you want to do about this relationship. But what your responsibility is not is to make that friend do what you want them to do. Absolutely. Okay. Last one. Um, when you're asked to do something, how do you handle that? If someone, if you're, you're asked to do something that you don't want to do. Well, if you're asked to do something that you don't want to do, you can just simply say no. Matt and I have a friend who we ask him sometimes, it might be like, hey, do you want to go out to dinner? And all he will say is no. (laughs) It blows my mind. No disclaimer. And you know what? We accept that. And as a person who struggles with saying no or feeling like I have to give 15 disclaimers when I say no, that is so jaw dropping yeah. for me, but you can just say no or say, thank you so much for the ask. I'm not able to do that. To do that. Mm-hmm. So your responsibility is to respectfully accept or decline. Yes. What your responsibility is not is to do something just because somebody else wants you to do it or feels like they need you to do it. Yes. But if you say yes, it is not their fault. If yeah. you've said ne- yes <laughs> to something that you don't want to do, which I've done hundred times, that is your responsibility and not their fault. Yes. Awesome. Okay. Well, we'll be right back and we're going to kind of talk through some action steps that might be helpful in trying to figure out what our responsibility is and is not. Hey everybody, we wanted to take a quick second to tell you what Seeking Eden is doing globally. This September, Michelle and I have the opportunity to go to Morogoro, Africa, where we will be training pastors. Some of these pastors walk for over 20 miles in order to seek pastoral training that helps them in their day-to-day ministries. And we'd love to give you the opportunity to participate in making this happen. If you'd like to learn more about ways you can donate and become a part of this, go to seekingeden.org slash become dash a dash sponsor. In general, you can also help by rating, reviewing, and subscribing the podcast. And you can also share SeekingEden.org on whatever social media platform you use. A 
like we said at the beginning, boundaries is a huge issue. We knew we wouldn't be able to like conquer this in less than 20 minutes, but we did want to like throw it out there and we're thinking about it. We wonder what will happen if you start thinking about it, if you haven't already. Um, and so now we're going to move into some action steps. What can help us move forward in this? Yes. And in regards to boundaries, the first thing that we highly suggest if this is an issue for you is getting the book and or the boundaries workbook, the boundaries book or the workbook. I'm looking at Amazon as I'm saying this and the book is $9 on Amazon and the workbook is $8. I mean, for less than $20 and it's called boundaries when to say yes and how to say no to take control of your life. So consider getting those resources. It's oldie, but a goodie. I'm about to redo both of them. <laughs> so let's be in this together. I know, right? Um, okay, secondly, begin to be intentional about thinking through what is your responsibility and what isn't. We're in a whole lot of relationships and sometimes things can get a little wonky, right? But try to be intentional, taking the time to say, okay, I'm feeling something, some resentment maybe in this relationship. Think through, okay, what is my responsibility? Where is my lane? And what is not my responsibility? Where am I getting out of my own lane? Awesome, the third thing is say no to one thing over the next couple of weeks that you normally would say yes to. If it's something that you say yes to, but you wish you didn't say no to it, practice that over the next three weeks. And you can either just say no, or if you need to give a, give a disclaimer, just make it short, you know, thank you so much. I'm not going to be able to. It's hard. <laughs> and then the last one is, do you need to talk with someone? Are you holding some resentment that you need to have a conversation about? Now this one can be directly with a person or what if you need to maybe see a professional, like a counselor or someone about that, kind of talk through that process that before you then begin to go out and have those, those conversations with your friends or the people that you're in relationship with. I always say, sick people don't go to counseling, healthy people do. So the healthiest thing you can do for yourself is seek help if you need it. No shame in that. So true. Okay. Well, it's been fun. We'll see you or be talking to you in um, a few weeks. Have a great week.